back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt, just know that I want you back. Just know that I want you back. Just know that I want you. I'll take the fall and the fault in us. I'll give you all the love I never gave before I left you. Just know that I want you back. Ryan, it's so good to, to, it's so good to have you back. I, I don't know why you left, though. Go on and say it. Was my love too much for you to take? I guess you never knew what was good for you. Real talk. Did I take yours? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was gonna. I was gonna do a bit about uh, about the uh, your sabbatical. And, that's uh, exactly, and that's why. And so I, I. That's also why I asked if I was starting this one because I, 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 I want you back so that I control you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, we are not the. I am not the only one who's back. Haim is also back, and we've been building to this as much as we ever build to anything. Uh, uh, this has been kind of a long march. Uh, this this quarter of contemporary music has been a long march to Heim. Uh, or and I guess we didn't know when we started the quarter that Heim was uh, was imminent, or we knew that there was kind of a lurking Heim warning. A, the Heim um, the Heim uh, readiness alert had like moved up to uh, maybe a yellow, and then. On uh, around May 10th, uh, it moved up to a orange of like imminent Heim, right? Uh, and uh, and now and now we are uh, that we are at the full Heim apocalypse uh, with uh, last week's release uh, of something to tell you Heim's sophomore album, and they are part of this. Um, the class of 2013, uh, along with Lord um, and churches and a few other bands that. We're in that first stretch of band albums that we discussed when we became a music podcast, transitioning from a Gossip Girl podcast, from a Teen Soap podcast. And it's it's great. I think getting within about a month, Lord and Haim, these were two of our earliest polls and um, the longest turnaround for the um, sophomore album, right? Uh, Churches uh, had its follow-up uh, relatively shortly after, right? It was about a two-year turnaround. But this is a four-year turnaround, right? This is a full a full college uh, lifespan, basically. Right? Oh my God, we've been uh, a, a music, We've been a music podcast for that long. That's the thing that gets me in yeah. all of this. That's exactly right. Exactly. So, like, we have, um, you know, anyone who is enrolled in our undergraduate program is graduating, uh, and anyone who is uh, our our TFT PhD students, you're like halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, strap in. Uh, you you've you've finished coursework, but you're you're uh, you're just embarking on uh, on independent study on the on the dissertation research, uh, and this is a lot has happened, um, just as with Lord. Uh, even though um, there's not been a release, um, there's a, a kind of parallelism of um, both acts have uh, become huge stars. And Lord, Lord, I mean, it's, it's slightly inverse, right? So Lord, um, right around the time that Pure Heroin uh, released in 2013, Royals was number one on the Billboard chart. So Lord kind of rocketed right into pop stardom right as the album was re- releasing. Um, Heim was a bit more of a slow burn, right? That Something to Tell You was successful uh, in this, right in this interstitial space between indie uh, and pop. But as the last four years have, have um, proceeded, they've um, really kind of 
gained a pop foothold in part because of their association with the uh, the broader Taylor Swift Squadiverse, right? So actually, uh, I was one of the many reasons that I was so pleased that you and Mark um, covered Taylor Swift last week is that it actually makes a very well, very good uh, lead-in. Actually, your last two summer school sessions were really good lead-ins, right? With Taylor Swift and her squad uh, and her kind of transition from country into pop uh, is is a really good uh, footing for Heim, uh, as is the music of Frozen with its emphasis on sisterhood. <laughs> and uh, and so that uh, these two things um, connect uh, were, were really good, the really good filler uh, between the, I don't know, macaron of, of Heim and Lord and, uh, and, and the setting up. And so are you are you excited uh, for Heim to be back? Yeah, uh, I, I am. I mean, I think we may, you and I may have different... Um, uh, you and I may have different uh, hot takes on this. I think. Do Do you like this album, Matt? <laughs> Let's bust through the commercial. Wow, I I still don't know where we're coming down on this. Like, uh, I think we have different hot takes. Uh, so you're so so we'll 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 do that. So uh, we will withhold judgment. You know, we will not taint your opinion um of this album and uh, so give something to tell you a spin it is a um a breezy 42 minutes and 34 seconds uh and uh, the first half if you're thinking about use cases the first half is a bit more up tempo a bit more funky um a little better for uh exercise this is this is what i wanted to say the, uh, to, i ran five yeah. miles with this record on this morning and yeah. like the first half was great and the second half was like i I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take a little quarter mile break here and just kind of walk and kind of just float, you know, down the yeah, might, down the road. Yeah, it might be better for like about three miles of running and then and then a stretch, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then 15 minutes of stretching because the the back third of the album or so um, really opens up uh, and there's and and the ballads are kind of really backloaded there. Um, and some of them are very cool, especially the second to last song um, right now that was premiered uh, by a Paul Thomas Anderson uh, directed video back in May uh, is the second to last song. And then night two, uh, which is a kind of this expansive um, ballad and the night so long is, is also, um, a ballad. So those kind of, it is this kind of descent into, into dream pop, um, that is, that is good. So you, it's interesting in finding, find an activity that has starts with a lot of energy and, and then winds down. So maybe it is like a, it's kind of in that way, a good end of the day. Album, is this, right? Mika, is this like, is this like doing it music? Is this, you know, come, come home, make out music and then like, a, a nice drift off to sleep it could be it's it's not not that right um it's it's definitely has that kind of arc i mean that's very interesting i didn't think about it like that but it's it's it is interesting has, that it really has does time, has time re- released a sex playlist just in the just in album form yeah, it is interesting. We'll, we'll get into this because I feel like that is another way. You know, we were talking about influences. And we'll talk a little more, but one that you threw out um, in our chat map is was Prince. And I feel like you know, in some ways, Prince is the the kind of granddaddy of of sex playlists in album form, right? Um, <laughs> right. Like, I mean, Purple Rain was is sex playlist the movie, right? <laughs> um, and so, like, this is like this is sex playlist. 
Journalist, the movie, the album. Uh, uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, this is right. Um, and, and, yeah, and and that that itself already is a an unlocking a new um, uh, a new facet of this. And I think one thing I'll say, and we'll, we'll get more into this, but it is something that um, kind of reveals itself to you. I, I think that um, uh, Days Are Gone, uh, Heim's first album, had this just opened with this barrage of just heavy hitter singles, and this has um, some of the uh, of the singles up front, but it's a little less of a singles album, um, and and I think. Um, is a little more of a grower and something a little more that um, reveals itself to you. So, is Heim a jam band? Yes. So I, th- there are definitely some jammy moments, and uh, and and as we've established, jam bands are often the antithesis um, of of punk bands. Not always. I know it's a false dichotomy, one of many false dichotomies. But uh, TFT punk correspondent Rachel D uh, does, uh, for the record, does not abide by the j- the moments of jamminess on this album, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and 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 reacts quite strongly uh, against them. And so <laughs> I have a uh, I have a like heavy metal and hard. Core masseuse. <laughs> yes, yeah, you, uh, I, I believe uh, uh, I've, I, I'm familiar. She did not approve of Metallica's Black Album, uh, I believe. Yeah, um, it, well, it was too. I mean, yeah. it was too commercial for her. But uh, right. but she uh, she I, I was playing some some Heim today during the during our appointment, and she was like, "What is this shit?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I didn't know. You know. It was- just as a, as a side, as a side, I didn't know. Like, uh, I've never been to a um, a massage place where you can choose your own music. Um, I would I would already I would immediately like uh, massages a lot more because I always um, I always I actually find the quote unquote relaxing music to be very stressful, and I I would I would much prefer like getting a massage to um, to to the Wu Tang Clan. Right? Yeah. Oh, that like, dipshit. The, that dipshit uh, stuff. That dipshit. Uh... Uh, like Peruvian flute stuff or new agey yeah. synthesized music or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's hideous. Um, well, uh, it's a, th- it's a thing. She sort of comes to my office. It's a thing that happens in the office. So Got it's it. not like going Got to a spa where they have, you know, uh, piped in music in every room. That's like controlled from one Pandora station set to Enya or Enya would be better, frankly. Enya, Enya would be better. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> now the question is now, and I think We'll just I, I, to pivot on that. The question is, would Enya be better than Heim? Something <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> um, it, it depends on the use case. But anyway, um, fi- give yourself some time. Maybe take a light run and then get a massage. Uh, <laughs> uh, anger, anger your your heavy metal masseuse. Um, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe do a little uh, light boning uh, and drift off to sleep, and then meet us right back here after this word. For, uh, from our commercial sponsors. Do you have something to tell someone? I do. Do you not know why? Yeah, no. I just have this sense of urgency. It's like it's like needing to like take a dump, but like for my soul. If you actually have something to tell someone urgently, why not try the Amazon Echo Show? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> 
Thank you, I will. The Amazon Echo Show allows you to just pop up on someone's webcam and start seeing what they're doing. There's a brief moment when the image is blurred out so that they can hang up if they're naked or some crap, but uh, but then it just turns on and uh, you can see what they're doing and start telling them the thing that you have to tell them. So wait. You can see me right now? Yeah, I'm looking at oh. you. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> you, uh, you, you podcast without pants a lot? Yeah, I guess I, I guess I have nothing to tell you now. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to tell you. But now you... I showed not told. <laughs> yeah, a picture is worth a thousand words. So if you have something to tell someone, uh, just say it with web chat, with video cam. Wow. I think I just did. <laughs> hey, Matt, I have a question oh, for do, you. Do you? Yeah. This, uh, this high album, is it adult contemporary? <laughs> um, I, you know what it is? Uh, yes. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Uh, qualified yes. Uh, it's yes. a particular type of adult contemporary. You know what kind? Go on. Go on. It's easy listening. Hmm. <laughs> right? Yes, it is. There's nothing, there's literally nothing displeasing on the record. And and this is why, this is why Rachel D does not like it, right? Like, because punk and, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like, it's, uh, uh, um, it, because like th- that that hardcore or punk or heavy metal uh that hardcore music like it it is you can kind of get off on the displeasure of it and yeah. if if you like that right yeah. like if you you know and not to not to be crude but if like if you like it a little rough <laughs> right or, or to quote you know to quote the odb uh, if, if you like it raw right <laughs> right <laughs> then then this album is not is not going to please you yeah you're not yeah. going to like it though there's nothing displeasing yes about on yes it. i was actually i was thinking yeah. about this as i as i was um as i as i was i was running um because like they're they're awfully young to be making adult yeah. contemporary music but they yeah. i mean they're not as young as um they're not as young as as Halsey Lord, you know, at Alia, but uh, the uh, all the fake names, right? Like all the all the the fake single named uh, female uh, young pop singers, right? Halsey, comma Lord, comma at all. Um, That's right. Heim, Heim. They actually have their own name. But it, it, what's interesting about their name is that it's like a become it's a collective name, right? Like, um, but but uh, I digress. Go on. Yeah, um, right. The, they're but. There, there is something about this album that um, there's something about this album that is sort of preternaturally old. I, I don't mean yeah. that. Maybe mature, well, yeah. right? Like it's a little yes. bit the way that they yeah. talk about because the thematic material, um, like yeah. I, uh, the thematic material is very similar to Hopeless Fountain Kingdom and to yep. melodrama. Right. Yep. Uh, though stylistically, yep. it's those two are closer to each other than um, yes. 
the, uh, than this is to either of them. It's, yeah. uh, it's still the, the kind of bad relationship stuff. And like this actually, the kind of the way of talking about the relationship, the way of talking about what went wrong, the kind of the, the sort of like, Look, I fucked up. I, you know, I was like playing the field or uh, whatever. Um, and then I just, I want you, uh, but I want you back. But like, there's this kind of resignation and there's a kind of lack of self dramatizing to it. Yeah. That both, yeah. that, uh, that both Halsey and uh, Lord, as well as their non contemporaries like Ben Gibbard and, right. you know, right. and others, uh, sort of fall prey to. And I, for whatever reason, I was like, Oh, this is sort of, you know, as a, as a verging on middle aged adult, it was like, Oh, this is like breakup music that I can groove to. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the way the way that Rachel put it, and I asked the same question of Rachel, and she said, it's adulting contemporary. <laughs> right. Um, and it's totally right. Because like the idea of adulting is this idea of being more uh, acting more mature than you are. Right. And and having a, a, an image of matureness. And it's often has to do with the kind of domesticity. Right. Um, and, you know, whether it's kind of, you know, I, if you uh, pull up. Um, I'd be curious to see what comes up under the um, Instagram hashtag for adulting, but it's probably like, you know, some nice vases, right? Uh, And, uh, and dinner parties and, and things like that. I'm I'm sort of like the, the adulting meme sort of gets under my skin because the adulting meme is, is people behaving in an age appropriate way, but like (laughs) acting like they deserve a fucking medal for it. You know, right? And, and you know, do you know who do- doesn't get medals for shit? Yeah, adults. yeah, exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> it's not like you haven't won a bonus uh, if you pay your bills on time, right? Like, that's like you've achieved zero, right? You've achieved parity with expectations if you pay your bills on time. That's not. Right. Uh, that's not like you know. I don't know. It's not like you clothed the leper or something like that, right? Like, uh, right. <laughs> it's not you know a morally laudable um or an especially morally laudable act uh i should say but but this is you know so like i think and i want to sort of i want to come back to the way that they talk about uh breakups and the way the way they talk about relationships and just the way the way that it happens and i think there are a couple things in the dynamic of uh of this being a band Right. Yeah. And I, I also want to stick a pin in your question of like what, um, uh, I, of what the, uh, of whether I like this record or not. But, but, um, let me, uh, but let me ask you a question. Who, of sure. The, well, before, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, or, no, I, cash I, out. No, cash this thought out. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, and then hit because I, I do want to hit something on the breakup albumness before we, we, we lose it. Um, and, and maybe this will pivot, uh, connect back to your question is that there's a, a line and we can del- delve more into this when we can go into songs, but there's a line in the second uh, track, nothing, uh, nothing's wrong. Um, that says, um, I was so foolish. I was so blind. Why do we do this to each other, baby? Heartbreak by design. And I think the phrase heartbreak by design kind of sums up the idea of the whole album, right? And and so it's like, it's heartbreak within reach, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, because it is... Speaking of very, adulting, right? Like speaking right, of... Exactly. You know. 
Exactly. It's very it's very arranged and it fits with the musical aesthetic, especially because when you listen to this, um, it is, you know, and uh, the, the main kind of co-producer is um, Ariel uh, Rexhide, uh, who worked on their debut album, also worked on um, a on Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion um, quite a lot. But they got uh, Rostam. They got Rostam. Yeah. yeah. And, and, Right, they got Rostam, um, Dev Hines of uh, Blood Orange, who also worked on um, Carly Rae Jepsen's album a lot, is here. So, it's, and there's a lot, especially this is one where you want to kind of. This is very much a headphones album. Yeah. Um, yes, and it absolutely. Does open up some of those pleasures. Uh, when, I got, when I got so to the much. office, we have a tube amp in here, and I was like, I was excited yeah. to put the record on onto the tube amp, and the like, the kind of yeah. the warmth and the smeariness of it actually ruined uh, a lot of what's distinctive about yeah. it, and so I actually went back to. <laughs> Uh, to headphones. Now, being a douchebag, I have different headphones for different m- music, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, hashtag the- adulting. Uh, <laughs> no, it would hashtag be- late adulting. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. It would be adulting if I had like uh, a row of pegs on the wall to hang them up and like uh, and, you know did the did the cords up in a in a nice little uh, figure eight bow or something like that. Um, but, but yeah, that's I mean, but I, yeah, so I think that it's because you the the in in this idea the designness right. There's both like a lot of sonic design that's happening here, and a lot of sound design, kind of production, um, really kind of like a lot of like it's a very produced album, um, and I won't say over um, because I think it works within this idea of heartbreak by design. But I think that the other kind of component of heartbreak by design is that the heartbreak is, in some ways, right that like. That heartbreak by design. It, I'm trying to think about this because as you were kind of talking about the mode of kind of the engagement with breakup material, it's very un-emo, right? Is is what it is, yeah. right? It's because emo, as much as there is a kind of designedness to emo, the way that it is presented, right? That there's a so it's that in emo there is a artifice of realness right there is this like i am so angry and mad and a mess um but it's so but it is still constructed and composed and here there is a a composition um from the outset it's a very deliberately composed set of vignettes that is that it is a composite right that this isn't and 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 i think this again has to do with the fact that there are um you know these three sisters who are um collaborators who are are co-writers that the the eyes and the u's are 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 composites right and so that that is and and so it is getting at real emotions that you know any one of them have had or um any one of them have had at different times but it's not you know it's this is volnacura this is not right yeah it's Um, right that sort of that very personal i mean i so i have a lot of thoughts about this right like um, let me repeat uh, here without your permission something you said to me off the air because you know why do we have lives if not to cannibalize them for the podcast um, but the yeah. observation that you made about Mark and me covering Taylor Swift songs was that having two dudes sing them yeah. turns them into emo songs right yep. and that's yeah. and and Taylor Swift has a, a lot of those songs especially the more recent ones as the songwriting has gotten a little more mature right um has uh what um someone once described the song Anna begins to me from uh from and I think I brought this up on the podcast from August and everything after as having this quality of like this is it 
right? That sort of <laughs> yeah. very adolescent, super dramatic, like, this is it. This is everything. You know, this is hashtag everything, right? Um, uh, quality to it. And that's, to me, that's one of a, that's a necessary, I suppose not totally sufficient, but that's a necessary uh, condition for emo, right? Like that, yeah. that sense of this is it, which I, which I sort of called before uh, self-dramatizing, right? And yeah. Taylor Swift is a, is a huge self-dramatizer, you know, Connor Oberst is a huge self-dramatizer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lord, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. is, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think it's bad when she does it, she, but she's a self-dramatizer. I mean, her, al- her album's called Melodrama. Right, for, exactly. And I think that for, that's... For, for Lord's sake. You right. know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, but um, the the three sisters of Haim are not self-dramatizers, right? And, and, and that's because of the composite uh, aspects that you're talking about. I think in interviews, they've talked about... Um, uh, the uh, uh, they've talked about this. I'm actually let me quote from an uh, something that Esty said. Uh, yeah. the, a pitchfork asked, "Do you all contribute lyrics to every song?" And Esty said, "Very much. When I put forth lyrics, they get very emo, and Danielle and Alana have to reel them in. Uh, it's a very right. much a spaghetti against the wall situation. So I'll throw the meatiest pasta sauce against the wall, and Danielle and Alana will take some of it off. Right. So there's this aspect of sort of moderation uh, that happens. But I also think that um, like uh, Taylor Swift, and it's interesting. Taylor Swift started as a songwriter and started as like a more coffeehouse style, um, you know, girl with a guitar type performer. So the, there's, you know, she's a musician, right? More than Lord is and more than Halsey is, but like they're actors first. And I mean, Halsey's album yeah. was even like started with this pretty creditable reading of of the prologue uh, to yeah. Romeo and Juliet that went on to have nothing to do with the album, but like yeah. a pretty accepted in like some kind of random concept that didn't cash out, but like you know, uh, hey, listen, I'll just say that something to tell you is good, but it's no hopeless fountain kingdom, right? <laughs> uh, the uh, um, I'm just imagining the look you're getting. The uh, the the thing about Heim is that they're technicians, right? They're really good. Yeah players and they play live and they sing live like the thing that's to me well i i want to okay so i'm going to talk about why i like this album i i think i like things about this album more than i like this album and to me uh something to tell you is still a net positive i was thinking of buying a physical copy of it like i you know there there are times in my life where i would like to hear this music again and and you know uh it's that's true of um the debut album as well. But, uh, uh, so it's, I, I'm not saying I don't like it, but I think I admire aspects of it more than I admire the thing in Toto. Right. Um, the fact that they are, the fact that they're musicians, you know, the fact that they really like, they spent 10 years just playing together before really releasing, uh, before really releasing an album. And like that, aspect of sort of apprenticeship and kind of journeyman uh like learning to be musicians um is something that i really appreciate like prince like prince frankly like prince was a 
fucking virtuoso on multiple instruments, like on all the instruments, you know? And they, uh, I think Heim does the same thing where they play different instruments in the, uh, uh, they play different instruments in the studio and, and, uh, you know, and things like this. Now, uh, Prince didn't seem to have the same, uh, well, I I guess we just didn't see it, right? We just didn't see it. And and for Heim, we didn't see it. They kind of sprung, they all sprung sort of fully formed like Athena from the head of Zeus, uh, at least as far as the kind of the commercial story is. Like with, uh, you know, at the debut album, it's, it's, uh, it's like this, this unexpected thing that turns out to be awesome. But, um, but like, I, I, you know, I admire that quality a lot of, of the sort of, uh, the technical proficiency, like the, the sense of proficiency and excellence, because I feel like that's something that's not necessary, necessarily valued. It's not necessarily a part of the package that's, um, that's on offer, uh, even with someone like Lord, who I think, who I think has a particular genius for what she does. Um, you know, uh, lyric writing and especially kind of using the instrument of her very unique voice. Um, but it's still this, this sense of like, you know, I spent 10 years learning to play this bass, right? Like I've, I've earned the faces that I make because like I play bass better than you do. Right. That's, uh, uh, that, that's the thing that, that's the thing that I appreciate. And so when they go into those like, uh, slightly funky or maybe a little R and B E even a little Motowny sometimes kind of grooves, you know, it's, it's like, this is not, someone copying and pasting in digital audio workstation software. This is not a a fucking sequencer, right? Like this hasn't been like put on note by note by someone, you know, typing uh, parameters into a computer. These are people making music together in a room. And that, that's the thing that I really like about it. And then like, I saw them on uh, SNL a couple months ago when they, I don't know if they debuted it there, but it was the first public performance, big public performance. Um, that that I was aware of of uh, songs from um, of songs from this album, and they played "I Want You Back." Uh, no, sorry, "I Want You Back" is the Jackson Five song. "Want You Back" uh, right. that uh, on the thing, and they were singing the harmonies live. Like it was yeah. it was amazing. Uh, yeah. No one can do that, right? Like everyone performs to tracks, but they were they were really doing it, and it was like that's the thing I like, and that's the you know that's the thing I appreciate. And like to me, the moments I'm not as on board with with this record are the ones that go away from that into the kind of dream poppy moments, into a couple of moments of electronic stuff. Um, but it never it never gets too much for me because I feel like it's rooted in the. Uh, I feel like it's rooted in the groove, you know, ra- uh, that the man-made groove, the woman-made groove, the Heim-made groove, um, and that uh, uh, it never goes off into uh, uh, it never goes off into um, a territory that I feel like is way, way, way too, way, you know, way too produced, where the kind of the production is overpowering that sort of human element that, that I admire. Anyway, that's my probably way too long answer to, no. uh, to, your, to your question of whether I like this album, but that's what I like about it. Yeah, no, it's your relationship status with this album is it's complicated, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and and I think that the, you you hit a lot of my reactions. I think that specifically, I mean, my initial reaction, like uh, like Rachel's, was 
you know, I, I, I think I do seek out slightly um, confounding, uh, confounding, unpleasant uh, and challenging musical experiences. Uh, and 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 so I was meta confounded by how how easy this was to listen to. Um, and and but I think that there are several things going on here. I mean, I think that I mean, it is interesting, right, because even right in things that get called easy listening and, so, and that are specific antecedents here right i, I think about um fleetwood max uh, rumors right and and uh and i know i missed that episode i think you and uh, pete fenzel talked about it a few years ago now and like the thing about rumors is that sonically is very similar to everything on this album, except that they all hate each other and we're doing mountains of cocaine. Right. Right. And you, and you can hear the cocaine uh, on, <laughs> on rumors, right. On both sides of the cocaine, uh, you know, the, the ups and the crashes and, and that, oh, and daddy. that's the, uh, exactly right. Is that there is, there is real unpleasantness there. Right. And that this kind of, polishes away and it's not even that it polishes away it's just that it's like you know what it's that uh, one of two things either you know they're just they're three sisters three talented sisters who are getting along right and uh and, and collaborating well um and 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 who are making and who are making art together and and that can sound good too right but it is this thing where it is like learning to live without <laughs> unpleasantness um because i i think that um you know even the first album especially those run of first uh, uh singles you know, there was, it's not that there was unpleasantness, but the, the, there was this, there was this kind of a sense of yearning. And I think there, it, there was, there was this like kind of hunger for spotlight and for like that these songs need to get out to the world. Cause we've been like learning them and playing them for, for 10 years. And there was that sense of urgency. And I think that here is, you know, that there is much more the sound of, of this unit operating as a well-oiled machine. And, and I guess it's another way that it kind of, um, connects to, to Taylor Swift uh, in the current iteration. And I was thinking about this and it, it's interesting, right? And me being kind of emo kid at heart, I actually think I, I like Taylor Swift's old stuff better and not because it's more country, but because it's more emo, right? Um, and, and because it is more of that self-dramatization and I'm, I'm a sucker for that. And I think that uh, and and you you could disagree, but you you guys just play through these songs. But I think once you get to the 1989 songs, and you still have some of that, but it is much more done by committee, right? And we we talked a lot on the 1989 podcast about the voice memos. And I think that once you have right, so that this kind of I guess I'm, I'm coming up with a theory of of emo, right? And that emo, the emo and emo ness, and not even as a genre, but as a kind of characteristic of a music, requires either some combination of a um, a tormented kind of lead singer or singer songwriter, or a band that is dysfunctioning, right? Uh, and 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 so the emo ness is either uh, individual emo or or interpersonal emo, um, and sometimes it's it's both. And um, a the well 
um, and a well-functioning unit, um, and, uh, you know, either uh, of, of kind of all well-adjusted individuals um, who are kind of working as a team, or even if there is a leader, uh, everyone's okay with that, and that person's okay with themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that is that becomes much more easy listening because it's like people just do their damn job. Um, sure, and, and and so I think that that is is kind of my theory is like yeah, but. Uh, I'm like, where's the fight? <laughs> Who's it against? Right? Like, the, I always think of the um, the episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, which is the um, where where Charlie writes and and the whole gang puts on uh, the uh, the Nightman musical, huh. right? And he's like, he comes out and goes, guys, I wrote a musical and we're going to put it on. And they're like, but uh, they're like, all right, who's the mark? Who's it against? And like, no, can a person just make a musical? Um, and in the end, there is an angle. There is a long con involved in this. Um, but but like this idea of, um, you know, just making the music to not be against somebody or spiting somebody uh, or or sending veiled threats um, is a uh, it's an alien feeling that takes some getting used to. Um, but the, and, and so as a result, I think, as I was saying, that it's kind of a grower that the 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 kind of pleasures that it reveals are the subtle pleasures of the, um, of the musicianship of the production and some very kind of creative production, um, of, you know, of, in the kind of live playing that you were describing that there are these moments on several of the songs, especially early on, um, both, um, I think it's, uh, nothing's wrong. And also I think little of your love, um, have like a lot of these like kind of live, I think there's a lot of there of, uh, SD Himes kind of hoos and ha's, right. These like, uh, and, and I think that is, I think nothing's wrong. I, I think it's one of the songs. It might be nothing's wrong samples, like a breath, right. That there's yep. a, a kind of live breath that gets sampled, yeah. um, in a very cool way. Right. And it's this, and I think that kind of cap, that sonic moment captures both the liveness of it. Right. And, and, and the recordedness. It of is it, right? it definitely yeah. a strong use of that for sure. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, there, that's back to the heartbreak by design. Um, but I think again, there's ultimately kind of, more design than heartbreak. Um, I guess. I guess this is like a question: Is like, can heartbreak be designed, <laughs> um, or once you're designing, are you not letting the heartbreak? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Heartbreak is our is our is our heartbreaks designing, or is right. our is our designs heartbreaking? Um, yeah. I have a lot of uh, just a lot of directions I want to I want to go, but I've I've written a small outline for myself in a notebook here. So <laughs> let's... we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> I, uh, I'm put in mind by what you say of of the opening to Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, which is usually misquoted, but uh, as near as I can tell what it actually is, is all happy families are alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. So it's not that all unhappy families are different. It's that the unhappiness uh, – the the phenomenon of unhappiness is different in in every case and i think this accounts for the the uh curious um attraction of uh, uh unhappy people unhappy musicians right because the phenomenon of the unhappiness is various right so there's right. there's right. difference there's right. novelty there's yep, like there it is yep 
and that that like uh you know and that like if you listen to a lot of music um that can become like the thing that that gets you the thing that that does it for you is the the kind of the the not exactly novelty but the variety right of yeah. those of those things but i'm wary of that i'm i'm wary of yeah connoisseur tastes in a lot of things like wine, coffee, music, literature, right? Like when you do a lot of something, you can kind of become disconnected. Your, your sense of the pleasures of that thing can become very rarefied in a way that like, you're not wrong, right? Uh, you're not wrong, but you are, um, maybe a little out of step with the common man or something like that. I don't know. That's, that's patronizing in both directions, but the, the, uh, um, you're not necessarily experiencing the thing you're sort of experiencing a, a lot of context and a lot of history and a lot, you know, you bring a, a particular library of norms to, you know, revive a concept that we've used before. And, and like, so it's, you know, the fact I know, that, I know some, I know some great single origin emo albums. Um, I, I know, you, you know what? John Darnell recorded them on a fucking tape recorder, right? Yeah. Like, um, that's the thing. Like, and yes, I like you know, I like wine that tastes like someone left grape juice in a cigar ashtray. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not that's not pleasing to a lot of people. You know right. that, uh, and it's just because I'm a prodigious drinker. The mountain goats are an interesting are an interesting thing in in this because they're both. I mean, I think they're both an instance of. A, uh, at least up until the sunset tree, the lo-fi mountain goats, right, um, are an instance of like where connoisseurship in music taste helps you appreciate uh, what he's doing, you know. Right. And he was such a big music fan and has sort of written and got, you know gone on about it a lot. Like his whole. Uh, his whole uh, most recent album is about listening to an underappreciated genre of music as a teenager. And, right. uh, um, but like, uh, so like he already had that taste when he started doing, uh, started doing what, what he was doing. But, but the thing about him though, is like uh, who, the, uh, a lot of the fight is like a historical reenactment right like the he's not fighting with you don't get the sense that he's actually especially if you see him live he sings these awful songs about child abuse and failing marriages and like you know the many indignities of life with just the most beatific smile on his face like he's you know like he's the buddha or something and uh he he uh unspools all of this material with such great joy you know, that there's yeah. clearly no fight. And yet the material is hmm. this, you know, is this fight. I'm not sure if he's a counterexample to what you're talking about or if he's the apotheosis of what you're talking about. He's the ultimate, like, like synthesis of, uh, of harmony and discord. Um, and maybe this is why we like the guy so much, or I do anyway, you know? No, and I think it's, it's, I think it's interesting because I think concurrent with the kind of of, you know him being able to per, like perform this this kind of 
emotionally heavy material with a smile on his face is the evolution both of the recordings and of the live ensemble, right? From him and his guitar to um, this very tight ensemble. And uh, we talked about this on the Goths episode a few weeks ago um, of it's, it, like of this very locked in ensemble that is very professional and, and kind of, and it, it's also right. Goths is also kind of a soft rock album. Yeah, they right? do. They, they do so good on the road. Like a couple times, times when i hear when i've heard uh bands play like him uh, b- musicians beyond him and peter hughes play mountain goat songs uh it just doesn't quite sit right but they are so good with the drummer and the the uh, woodwind player i mean a fucking woodwind player but, yeah. but ryan uh I'm, I'm glad we've managed to cash out this one thought that we had um i have a question I I am I am now finally ready. Uh, Forty five minutes in, I'm I am ready for your question. This may I mean I don't think it will be a huge loss if we don't necessarily delve into individual tracks here. But like, um, I, I guess we can in a minute. But I, here's my question: Which of the members of the freshman class of 2013 had the most successful sophomore outing? Oh, I, I have a strong opinion about this. So actually. do I, for what it's worth. Uh, what, who do you think? So I think it's churches. Yep, actually. absolutely. Done. Okay, we can um, move on. So as an aside, um, and, and, and yeah, we don't need to get into it too much. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I said this is, um, you know, Rachel and I actually were recently in Scotland. And so we uh, made several playlists of Scottish artists. And one, we actually went for a run uh, in Edinburgh uh, to uh, with a uh, the playlist that was both of the church's albums uh, in order. Um, and like, definitely. Oh, it's so good. That shit is my power song. Yeah. I put that I put that on when I need need a boost near the end of a run no and we we ran there so edinburgh actually uh has a uh an urban hill that's actually very similar to the one in your neighborhood matt in in culver city uh and we we ran up it uh and and it's actually really two things happened one is that standing at the top of this hill overlooking edinburgh right as the at the end of the first album the kind of like slower spacier song um that i never really like loved uh but standing like overlooking this city uh while seagulls just floated on the wind i got i finally got that song and then our descent was the second album which was even and and in some ways right that you want the church's second album in the latter half of a run because it actually it takes it, it takes the ideas and expands them and energizes them um and whereas you basically this this um heim sophomore album um is not good for um for a a long run um whether or not it's good for the long the long run <laughs> it is not good for a long run because you want that burst of energy at the end right yeah. you want to pick it up um and and i mean i think that i mean I think that, uh, and and I'd say, um, Lord is still a close uh, uh, is a close second. I know, and I know that I liked uh, melodrama um, a bit better than than you did. Yeah, um, but still net and- positive for me. Yeah, no, for sure. But like, I think that just, and it'll be just interesting to see. I mean, there's more, there's more hindsight, but I just, I left this like last week. I mean, it's telling, right. That like over the last week, the thing, the, the sophomore album that I've been listening to the most in the last week is, um, is the, is, is church's second album, not the two that were released in the last month. Uh, one of which was my assignment for today. <laughs> right. I have a, So I, I mean, I have a theory about this, right? Like, I think that you can sort of chart, uh, a two 
you can chart success and failure on a two-dimensional grid um, with two axes. One is, are they doing the same thing? And are they doing, are they developing? Right? right? Like, are they do uh, not the same thing? It's not the same thing. It's are they doing the thing that we like them for? And are they developing? Mm-hmm. And Church mm-hmm. scored high on both of them. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, Lord, I think, scores high on developing and not necessarily, yeah. not for me at least, not necessarily as high as doing the thing I liked her for. And th- right. That may be Jack Antonoff's fault. Right? Like, right. right. Um, a, a little bit, uh, a, a little bit. The Heim record is the same way. High on developing, yep. uh, yeah. not as high on doing the thing that we like them for. Uh, right, right. But I think that, and then I think though, then the the kind of for uh, the upshot of both is that is the possibility as uh, you know to open up a third axis is like, are you is there enough of a hook for you to find new things to like them for, right? Um, and I think that that's a place where I think both melodrama um, and actually right. So to add one more thing to this, right? Um, this is I think where um, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom kind of fails in comparison to um, to any of these other kind of soft arms that we're talking about is because I think that um, it's it's relatively low on kind of doing what you liked uh, Halsey for it from not put words in my mouth but it is what I kind of gather um, that, that there's not as much of what was likable about Badlands on Hopeless Fountain Kingdom and there's not a lot of signal that there's going to be something there in that that is like a new hook right and a new way in and whereas I think for for this album and, and for for uh, the for something to tell you, um, so certainly for melodrama, I think that it's that while a lot of the sonics changed. I think a lot of the strength, the other thing that I liked about Lord that is is stronger is Lord the persona, Lord the songwriter. Um, and there's these kind of moments of songwriting that we talked about on the the Lord episode that um, really uh, that really that really grabbed me, and and it opens up a new way of liking Lord, right? Um, and I think that with uh, with something to tell you, I wasn't sure so sure at first, but I think especially on giving the album a few more um, spins, right? So what I really liked about Heim were those singles. I mean, the first like three to four songs um, on Days Are Gone, um, right? Forever Falling, The Wire, um, and there's a there's a few others right in that opening stretch that are so strong. And then the back half of the album, there's a few decent songs, but it 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 doesn't it hold as strongly. I think that as much as um, I, like so, say what you will about the kind of dream part, pop part of the album. The, the album itself is actually, I think, very well constructed. Like the dream pop, oh yeah, uh, songs come come at the point where they should or where they would in a in a song, and it's just a it like so there are less. You know, there are less kind of home, there are fewer home runs, um, but it has a better kind of on base percentage. I don't know. Uh, I didn't totally think through the baseball uh, metaphor, but the the point is, as a, as an album as a whole, um, this is uh, this is like a new way of engaging with Heim, right? As as crafters of this of this album, right? And as as designers of Heartbreak, right? <laughs> and um, and and so I think uh, and and that also connects with another good way to see them um, is which is as a live act, as, as you mentioned. And I you know I've seen them live at the at Boston's festival. Um, 
and it's, it's fantastic. And I, and these songs will be great live. Um, and, and, and we'll kind of take on a new life and, and we'll, I, I just anticipate this album having a long shelf life in, in, um, in surprising ways and, um, potentially opening up new ways to, to, to engage with Heim. Right. Yeah, I, and I, so- I agree that the, the, the dream pop songs are, are, well, the, I, I like some of the songs, some of the moments, some of the, like the inter, the dreamy inter- Interludes in other songs uh, weren't my favorite, but like I'm thinking of not to not to take a song that um, is kind of maybe less consequential for the for the project of the album, but like something like "Nights So Long," the final track on the normal edition uh, of the album. I think there's another. I think there's like a Japanese special edition. The Wikipedia tells me with uh, with one more song on it, but um, like it's almost it's almost a. Um, I don't know. It's almost like an Enya song or so it's almost a cranberry song or it's yeah. almost uh you yeah. know what I mean? And like, it's very, I, I just think very beautiful sonically, the harmony and like the, the, the notion that they're singing it live and that it's not this sort of process pitch corrected thing, um, is, or, you know, super pitch corrected thing like is, um, really like is really good and that like uh you know the the lyrics are fine they're a little one from column a from column b uh you know about you know night shadow say goodbye to love things like that but it's just like the it it creates a mood that's very evocative and very um though though really really bad if you're you're trying to you know keep up a sub eight minute pace uh right for the last mile of your run um the the you know the uh, yeah that's it's uh they they really fit i mean they really fit well and it's almost like i mean it's uh, i don't know like if what the story of this album is but it, it's like what we said it's almost like singing you to sleep or it's almost like you know uh uh days you know if the first album was days are gone this uh this album could be called like day is done you know and like it sort of takes you into a uh it takes you into a uh uh blissful slumber you know in in almost kind of a ritual way like you would do with a child well, it's, it's in that way. It's the domestic equivalent. Again, it's the adulting version of um, Shamir's first album, Ratchet, right? Which yeah. was this journey into tonight, right? And it was it was kind of the party into the, the into the kind of after party. But the after party is kind of roving through the empty streets, right? And in that way, it's a kind of interesting foil to melodrama, right? Because it's the you know uh, as I think our um, episode was titled, right? It's after the party. It's crying in the hotel lobby, and this is like after the party. Well, I ghosted, and I'm already in bed. <laughs> Right, like I, I I left that party after saying hi to a few folks. Um, you know, went home, had a glass of wine, and called it a night. I'm saying, yeah, exactly. And I'm so there's nowhere I would rather be than right here yeah. under this comforter right now. Right, exactly, um, exactly. Right now, right now, right now. Um, which is I, I, so you know, in that back part of the album, um, I, I think right now is one of the cooler ones um, because it, it, there's a build, right? And I think it's one of these one of the parts of the. Um, it, it kind of it, it changes the energy of that um, of that back half um, because that has this, and I'm trying to think what exactly it sounds like because this is an album that has a lot of elements of kind of reference in it, and right now is a little. 
they're 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 there, but it's a little more diffuse. Um, and it's it's just I, I I love the way that the song builds. Um, and I think the other kind I have of, to oh, I yeah, have to ahead. read this genius annotation from the first line of right no, now. No, the first line of the first verse is "Gave you my love, you gave me nothing." And uh, the genius annotation is the narrator was in an asymmetric situation. She contributed all her emotion and effort while her partner feigned real interest. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, I know. Like, A, that's insightful. B, that's a lot of SAT vocabulary with no real reason to use it. <laughs> anyway. Th- thanks, genius. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I feel illuminated. Wow, that's the genius yeah, yeah, yeah. of genius. God, what a, what an amazing business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I think that I mean this is like the interesting thing is that like what is what what is what is cool about this song is quite hard to annotate, right? Yeah, uh, be, because it's about um, it is about the build. It's about. Um, something that's going on sonically, right? The um, and you talked about pitch, and you're right that they sing live. But this is an album that, interestingly, plays a lot actually with um, with various kinds of chopping and screwing their voices, right? Either pitching up into the chipmunk or down into the cho- uh, uh, chopping screwed, right? And this has the echo, right? The 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 uh, the right now, right nows are kind of um, down pitched, right? Um, and and the, and it's 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 something that recurs. I mean. What did you make of the kind of vocal manipulations throughout uh, throughout the album, either on the song or um, or elsewhere? I think they're I think they're an interesting outgrowth of the like harmony singing is a vocal manipulation, yeah. right? Like yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a sense in which like when they're in that tight three part thing, like uh, you know uh, I want you back or what is that? Don't you know I want you back? Oh, fuck! I how can I? Uh... Uh, how can I forget the the lyrics to the first song of the album? But like that that sort of tight figure that they do is, um, yeah. you know, it's almost like it was created with a computer. So it's like I think it yeah. sets up I, it sets up a yeah. continuum of it sets up a continuum of uh, like potentially interesting um, placements along like real mm-hmm. versus manipulated vocals and like yeah. what is real yeah. and is the real kind yeah. of manip- manipulation and it's sort of uh, it it sort of complicates that that dichotomy yeah. a little bit and makes it a little more continuous. Um, yeah, that yeah. you know that's it's interesting. The, it's right? the Heim it's the Heim Hall of Mirrors, basically. Basically, right? Yeah, and, and that's an you know it's it it is an interesting development, right? Like it it takes something yeah. that is, and it does it. I feel like in in a way, it seems to me anyway, it does it in a way that is organic to the the um, that's that's authentic to the real DNA of the band, yeah. rather than all of a sudden this is like Imogene Heap's hide and seek or something like that. Actually, right. though, I, I would love to hear the three part harmony live vocal cover of hide and seek that they you know uh, that they could play live. That actually is a pretty Heim can have that one for for free. Like this, honestly, the 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 thing that I got, like this was like a Cindy Lauper synth ballad for, for me. That that like Oh yeah, yeah. And it That's was kind call. of ramping up to that. It was like the engines were starting and then it finally achieved full Lauper velocity, right? By the <laughs> end <laughs> by the end of the uh by the time that the the rhythm and the kind of the synths and all that that stuff are are going. But like I'm thinking of like all through the night or something like that. That um 
actually, all through the night is an interesting example. It's it's a little less uh, uh, it's a little less extreme. The pulls are closer together, but it starts with this. Uh, you know, it has a verse, chorus, kind of loud, soft, slow, fast. Um, dynamic where it kind of creates a build uh in the same way and and right now sort of i mean right now sort of achieves that right yeah no definitely um i think you know thinking about like it is interesting how like a lot of the ways into these songs is is are the reference points right yeah are the are the like things that they sound like i think the other one i I definitely want to hit is and we're kind of going backwards through this album um which is which is interesting uh is founded in silence right uh because we we had a lot to say uh (laughs) offline about founded in silence because this is the one that starts uh with the string arrangements right yeah I really and, like uh, I really and, like when yeah. they when they play it live uh and Chris Martin bangs that big drum, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I really I I like I really love um when like uh you know Annie Lennox is in 18th century France. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it the, the the video for Walking on Broken Glass? Isn't she like isn't she in like kind of like like something like that kind of like Louis the Fourteenth era. Um, that's how I remember that. Video. Oh, it has. It's <laughs> funny. I haven't. I don't recall the the video to that. I was thinking of. Um, oh, I was thinking of a cover of a Cole Porter song she did uh, for Derek Jarman's Edward the Second. That she she actually appears in the film singing this song uh, in this um, you know uh, early modern English tragedy. Anyway, the the yeah. Uh, Definitely, Annie Lennox. I mean, just in that four on the floor, I hear the Coldplayness in the kind of the the orchestral rock and the kind of the four on the floor beat. Without, frankly, without a lot of subtlety, <laughs> but the uh, uh, it it goes on to have subtlety. It's just the intro that that. Uh, that is in, and this is honestly when I started thinking, hey, this is an easy listening album. I was yeah. thinking, I you know, I was thinking about genre. I was thinking about why why all these reference points, and I think it's it's kind of because they put them all in, you know. And there's a there's an aspect of of virtuosity to that that I think is important. But like, um, they do, uh, but like why it's important to categorize and what, what is that, what is that doing? And I was, I was like, I, I, I was imagining a slightly more naive, uh, critic of this tendency saying like, well, yeah, don't put them in a box. You just want to put a label on everything, man. Uh, and I, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for that point of view because I think you can, when you're talking about what kind of thing is this, I think you can have a lot of interesting discussions, kind of ontological discussions about what kind kinds of kinds of things there are, you know, and that's, uh, and I think that that's what's, what this is sort of, I think that that's what this sort of invites us to do, you know, uh, that, that what, uh, what it, what it invites us to do is to sort of ask, to sort of experience, to, to sort of ask what it is, um, in, it's at the Heim Hall of Mirrors again, right? Like you, you ask, right. you ask right. what it is in the context of this kind of disorientating, uh, mise en abime sort of perspective, mm-hmm. uh, of the, the, uh, of the Hall of Mirrors, right? 
<laughs> so it's like in that way, it's actually one of the things that it's exact actually a lot like is girl talk, right? <laughs> um, in this case, girl talk, but it, all the girls are sisters, right? <laughs> um, right? Uh, and, and so that this is actually in a way that this is an easy listening mashup album, <laughs> um, and and that's what makes it work. And so the other thing that it is, that's is, yeah, I think, that's I think yeah. that's exactly it. I think that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, um, it's so in that way. It's also what is a lot like is CVS bangers, um, which I don't know if you've heard. Right, it, it, this is totally just like like a slightly less ironic CVS bangers. No, um, it's, it's CVS. Is, it's yeah. CVS bangers, but they're trying to do it well. Like they're actually trying to make good CVS bangers. Yeah, yeah. Like these these songs will actually bang in a CVS. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I, you know, I actually think that that may be as good of a place as any to stick the landing. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there are, there are a lot of other songs uh, here, um, but there, I, I, again, I don't think that they necessarily reward the lyrical close reading. Um, I mean, again, <laughs> like, sure, we could genius this to death, um, but I think that where, where this. Um, album is operating is at this much more kind of mezzo and macro level, right? It's at how the sounds are relating to each other within each song um, and how the the whole collection of all of these sounds and songs um, relate to the broader sets of styles and genres um, that, that are out there right? and, and in, in engaging in this kind of like live performance mashup. I mean that, that this is there is actually something it is it is actually deceptive right so it's it starts very approachable and um and becomes and it becomes very very complex and so what i'm saying is actually this too is a fine single origin it's not in fact a single origin it's a blend right uh it's a um but sometimes you know sometimes a a blend is fine right uh when it is a what is an an artful and deliberate um uh blend and and so that this is this is also an album that one can be a connoisseur of um or that you can um or or that you can enjoy cuts from uh while you're while you're shopping for uh for toilet paper uh if you don't if you do not have a amazon echo yeah you exactly still, and you, it's like you can either you can either go to the cvs or you can bring the cvs to yourself <laughs> um and so like i guess in that way is that um you know if <laughs> you know, so, so in either case, in either case, reach behind, you know, and uh, and enjoy, uh, enjoy something to tell you. Yeah, exactly. No, and, and seriously though, and uh, it is, it, the, and so kind of to answer the question I posed to you, that I, you know, I've I have come to to like this album certainly over the course of listening to it and over the uh, course of uh, talking about it with you, but it's definitely. Um, it's opening up new ways to enjoy Heim, right? And then, so it's not just a, it, you need to open up that additional access to kind of um, find something to like here, as opposed to being um, both growth and more of what you like. Um, and here it's starting to show, here are some other ways to like Heim as these designers of heartbreak, um, as these uh, as these easy listening mashup artists. Um, but that I think made this a fitting end to this quarter, uh, one that started, I 
think with uh, you and Dave talking about um, Amy Mann's mental illness, <laughs> um, stretching all the way through through Kendrick and and Lord. Dave and I uh, were actually singing Girl Talk in the office today. No joke. That's uh, that's 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 lovely. <laughs> uh, with your with your with your uh, with your nice with your nice tube amp uh, and your um, and your your headphones on your pegs uh, uh, and and the cords tied tied up just so. Um, so that is the end of this um, this current spring 2017 um, quarter. We're going to go back to the 90s, and um, you know we rarely call our own shot, but next week we are going to discuss sound. Soundgarden. Um, now more than ever, uh, we need a spoon man, and uh, and and the spoon man uh, will 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 take us into that super unknown. Um, so uh, when we see you in that super unknown of the late '90s, um, it will be a lot of things. But just know that we certainly will keep it real. <laughs>